60 minutes of insight and analysis on the Volunteers and Titans. Powered by the Outkick Network, this is the Tennessee Power Hour with Jonathan Hutton and Chad Withrow. The Vols are headed to the New Year's Six on December 30th, while the Titans don't look like a team that's playing much longer than the New Year. Welcome to the Tennessee Power Hour, served up by Nelson's Greenbrier Tennessee Whiskey and powered by OutKick and OutKick.com. With Chad Withrow, I'm Jonathan Hutton. Over the next hour, we talk all things Vols and Titans. We will get to the Titans dropping two straight and Mike Vrabel saying his team is now at a crossroads as they get set to host the Jacksonville Jaguars on Sunday at Nissan Stadium. But first, Chad, we talk about the Orange Bowl and we get what we want. It's Tennessee and Clemson. It's bowl season. It's here. And, man, it's been a fun ride. It has been. Are you not entertained when it comes to this Tennessee football season this year? And it's going to end with a lot of entertainment also. Hutton, if Tennessee was not going to go to the college football playoff, which we knew was going to be the case when they dropped that game to South Carolina, this is the next best option. As much as the Sugar Bowl holds a special place in the hearts and minds of SEC fans, and it's great to go to the Sugar Bowl. Obviously, no knock at that bowl. A matchup with Kansas State at 11 a.m. on New Year's Eve while everyone is probably just slowly waking up, gearing themselves up for two college football playoff games and not necessarily paying attention to that game. That, to me, is second to a primetime matchup with the Clemson Tigers on December 30th in a window where there's no other game happening at that time, I think that's far superior um, to, to, to that game. So Tennessee got a good matchup here. Uh, it's going to be a spotlight-type game. It's going to get monster ratings with these two programs. So I'm excited that it's Tennessee and Clemson. Now, looking at Clemson and Tennessee, just the matchup, Just we're, we're going to get into this more as we get closer to the game, but just face value. This is great offense versus great defense. I really think it is that simple in this game. Clemson gives up about 320 yards a game. They're giving up 20 points per game. Uh, they get to the quarterback. They stuff you in the backfield. They've been terrific against the run. About 91 yards per game they give up on average. Clemson's one of the top defenses in the country, and Tennessee is the top offense in the country. So now that you've got the the added layer of this where it's going to be a new quarterback. Cade Klubnick comes in for DJ Uangalale, who was ineffective for most of the year for that Clemson offense. He lit it up against North Carolina in the ACC championship game. I think the freshman has a bright future. So Tennessee gets a bit of an unknown in this game because he hasn't played a ton this year. He played a little bit against Georgia Tech in the opener, threw a few passes and a blowout over Syracuse. Or uh, so not over not a blowout, but in a win over Syracuse earlier this season, and then the blowout over North Carolina looked good in that game. So Tennessee's offense versus Clemson's defense, and then Cade Klubnick, largely an unknown versus Tennessee on offense. And Hun, we're going to get into it. There's also kind of an unknown at quarterback for the Vols. No doubt. And before we we discuss Joe Milton, Chad, this is, you know, I'm a big believer in perception is reality most of the time. If, um, you know, at the beginning of the season, you would have told me 10 wins, that's amazing, right? But if you told me the the goal and the, the reward at the end of the season is Kansas State or Tulane, okay, cool. That doesn't really get me going. But then you say Tennessee's going to be facing Clemson in the Orange Bowl. or And we could have said Sugar Bowl, too, but just a different team. Wow. Okay, let's go. I mean, this is an amazing season, right? It's it's the end goal here that if it's not the playoff, who are you facing? That's And, again, it wouldn't be the traditional bowl opponent, but it wouldn't feel the same. This is different. This is one of the marquee brands now of the new era of college football. And within two years, Josh Heupel has the Vols playing on this level. Um, and I don't think we'll see a Clemson team that comes in limping around, moping around, not wanting to be there, like I think we may see with USC or Alabama. I think this is a Clemson team with, to your point, the young quarterback and a defense that plays every week and travels every week that should present one of the better bowl matchups of the season. And I'll take it a step further. If I would have seen in the preseason when prognosticators start to put out bowl projections before the first week, if before Tennessee played Ball State, 
you would have I would have seen any projection that would have had Tennessee versus Clemson in any bowl game, be it the Cheez It Bowl. I don't care what it was. I would have perked up and gotten excited about a Tennessee Clemson matchup in a bowl game. So the fact they're playing in an Orange Bowl, I think, is very exciting for this Tennessee program. This is a program that's trying to rise to the level of Clemson. Make no mistake about it. Clemson is the hunted. In this scenario, they are a conference champion. It is not as if they're limping into this game. If they would have looked bad or lost in the ACC championship game, that's one thing. They limped into that ACC championship game with a home loss to South Carolina, and they completely put it on North Carolina in that game. So this is a conference champion Clemson team. Their offense was not all that great this year. It was a disappointing year for Clemson fans at 10-2. and But 10-2, and undefeated in the ACC, conference champion Clemson in the Orange Bowl, that's Tennessee's challenge. That is a huge win for this program in year two under Josh Heupel. Now, when we start to look back at what could have been this season, there's obviously going to be disappointment around one date, and that's where Tennessee went to Columbia. But outside of that, we talked about this. We're in the stadium hunting for Tennessee Ball State on a Thursday night. If we looked at each other and said, hey, this football team is going to be in a New Year's Six game and they're going to play the Clemson Tigers in a primetime window by themselves, we would have shook hands and taken that in that moment and not asked another question. And that's the way I view this matchup for Tennessee. They're playing with house money. They've been playing with house money since they beat Alabama at home, quite frankly. And this is just another big opportunity. This shouldn't be scary for this team or this program. They shouldn't be scared about this matchup, this is another great opportunity for Josh Heupel's Tennessee program to shine. We would have cheers on that, shook hands and then cheers with Nelson's Green Bar Tennessee whiskey on the rocks as well. Um, what a moment for for Joe Milton here. You know, it's it's more than just the final score and the scoreboard, Tennessee-Clemson, because Club Clemson knows what they have in their young quarterback. And this can be a launching point to the offseason for Joe Milton where I think at worst, we're probably still as uncertain as I feel right now about him moving forward as the guy. And on the flip side of that, Chad, we could end up being way more optimistic about how he is in command of this offense against a great measuring stick that Clemson's defense provides. It's been Joe Milton appreciation season this year for Tennessee. All he's done, he's been praised all year. Hey, he came back. Most quarterbacks would have left in the portal. This guy stuck with it. He's roommates with Hendon Hooker. He's a great help to him. They're great friends. Hendon Hooker has all these nice things to say about him when he tears his ACL. He's fine against Fandy. He misses some throws, but they win the game 56 to nothing. So this is a different situation now for Joe Milton. The praise part of it is over. Now it's about show us. If you're a Tennessee person, it's, Show us that all this praise that's been heaped on you and all this talk of improvement and all this talk of touch with your passes and understanding of Josh Heupel's offense, show us on a big stage against a really good defense that you've made progress from last season where you started two games. This is a big moment for Joe Milton. And I don't want to put everything, all the eggs in one basket and say this is some huge referendum on what Tennessee is going to do next season. But I'm also not going to sugarcoat it. If he goes out there and can't complete passes and makes bad decisions and looks bad in this game, Tennessee needs to be in the transfer portal looking for quarterback competition for him. You can't just hand him the keys to this offense next year and expect great things if you go out there and see bad play with a month to prepare for this Clemson defense. So this is a big moment for Joe Milton. Make no mistake about it. As far as opt-outs are concerned, who are candidates for that option right now based on pro prospects? And talking to a couple people, but those people really don't know um, who's exactly going to opt out. But I'm just going to give you my my gut reaction to what's going to happen. I don't think Cedric Tillman's going to play in this game, and I don't think he should because of the injury. He's yeah. been off and on late in the season with the ankle injury since he injured it earlier this year. I think Cedric Tillman probably opts out and starts to get ready for the NFL draft. I think Jalen Hyatt plays. I think Jalen Hyatt ultimately will go pro. I'm seeing anywhere between very late first round to third round right now for Jalen Hyatt, but I think he goes pro, but I also think he plays in this game. The other one's Darnell Wright at right tackle. I believe he's going to go ahead and not use that added COVID year of eligibility. He's a senior, but he's going to leave the program and go into the draft, probably a second round pick. 
but I think he's going to play in this game. So of the three potential opt-outs, I, I believe right now, gut reaction, Tennessee gets two of those three in this game, those two being Darnell Wright and Jalen Hyatt. Coming up in about 15 minutes, we will dive into the Tennessee Titans dropping two straight to the Bengals and most recently to the Eagles and what that means for the final five games of the regular season, how they need to improve even marginally to get to where we feel like they're peaking at the right time going into the postseason. Again, that's coming up in 15 minutes here on the Power Hour. When we come back, though, the Vols have the SEC Coach of the Year. They have the Offensive Player of the Year, but they do not have a Heisman Trophy finalist. We'll discuss Hendon Hooker and how he's not in New York. That's all straight ahead on the Tennessee Power Hour. We are powered by OutKick, served up by Nelson's Greenbrier Tennessee Whiskey. From the honky tonks to Rocky Top, the Tennessee Power Hour continues next. Cheers, huh? Cheers, Withrow. And cheers to brothers Andy and Charlie Nelson. After a chance encounter, they dedicated their lives to resurrecting the family business, Nelson's Greenbrier Distillery. And what they found is that whiskey runs in their blood. Made in Nashville, Tennessee, Greenbrier Tennessee whiskey is a taste of home with a real Nashville story. Head to greenbriardistillery.com for cocktail recipes and more info. Greenbrier Tennessee whiskey and Nelson Brothers bourbon now available throughout the great state of Tennessee. So ask for it at your favorite store. Get you some Greenbrier. Nelson's Greenbrier reminds you to drink responsibly. Greenbrier Tennessee Whiskey, 45.5% alcohol by volume. Don't pay too much for your new Ford. Custom order it from Two Rivers Ford just outside Nashville. Two Rivers Ford is the premier volume Ford dealer in Tennessee. They've been locally owned since 1983, and they sell all their new non-specialty Fords at just 1% over invoice. That's right, 1% over invoice. They treat you right, and you'll always get the best price. I know because my family has been buying from them for years. So call Two Rivers Ford today at toll-free 800-900-1000. Hello, Tennessee Power Hour listeners. My name is Hunter Briley, and I am with Regal Realty Group. And my name is Richard Van Clive. I'm also with Regal Realty Group. And we are great friends that treat our clients like great friends, because that's how we want to be treated. We are also born and raised here in Middle Tennessee and support our local team. And with an economy that's affecting everything except the real estate market, it's important to do business with friends that can tell you what's what. From contract to closing, everything in between, we have you covered. Go to RegalRG.com to get started. And happy football season. Hey, it's Hutton. If you're in need of catering from big events to your weekend family gathering, my friends at Edley's Barbecue have you covered. They've been voted Nashville's best barbecue four years in a row, but I've vouched for their Nashville-style barbecue far longer. From corporate meetings to box lunches to weddings, rehearsal dinners, and holiday gatherings, your neighborhood Edley's Barbecue location is where to turn. Edley's is a tribute to all things Southern and authentic to all things Tennessee. Nashville-style barbecue, Edley's Barbecue. Order at edleysbbq.com. From Nashville to Knoxville, Vols news and analysis on the Tennessee Power Hour. We talk Titans and Vols on the Tennessee Power Hour, served up by Nelson's Greenbrier Tennessee Whiskey with Chad Withrow. I'm Jonathan Hutton. Again, coming up in 15 minutes, we talk Titans. We'll go to Nashville, but we stay with the discussion in Knoxville. And Chad, while we talk Vols here on the Power Hour, we always say thank you to our great friends at Regal Realty Group. Hey, these guys are Vols too. Hunter Briley and Richard Van Clive. Love talking about my buddies at Regal Realty Group. I'm excited that they're a part of this show and wanted to jump on board. They want to jump on board with you too. Whatever your home needs are, buying, selling a home right now, it's real simple with Regal Realty Group. Them and their entire team of agents, they're good people, and they want good people in their network. So if you're looking to buy or sell your house, Regal Realty Group will help you from contract to closing and everything in between. Let them do the heavy lifting. These guys have huge shoulders. Let them do the lifting for you. Let them take away the workload from you in the buying process. They're going to make it easy for you. Hit them up at RegalRG.com. Again, the website, RegalRG.com. Chad, I think it was a no-brainer personally, that Josh Heupel was coach of the year in the SEC and that Hendon Hooker is the offensive player of the year. And we'll get to how it should be a no-brainer that he's a finalist for the Heisman in a moment. But um, this this duo has been phenomenal, and the voters got it right. Yeah, and uh, you're right. The, the, the Heisman part of this discussion that we're about to get to, 
will tell you why Tennessee fans don't take anything for granted on that no-brainer part, the first part yeah. of it, because they're used to disappointment when things are left up to a vote by people you know, outside of the state of Tennessee. But Josh Heupel is, is the SEC Coach of the Year. Uh, he had this team at number one in the college football playoff ranking. The mess that he inherited in Knoxville, that has to factor into this. This was not just a normal situation for a coach to come into a program that had gone five and seven the previous year, and there's no other outside issues, and the previous coach was just disappointing. Josh Heupel came to Tennessee and this program when, from a public perception standpoint, you've got Dan Patrick talking about fast food bags full of cash being handed off to players. You've got Jeremy Pruitt uh, looking like a moron on the sideline covering up his face with, <laughs> with the babushka at the Georgia game. You've got memes, you've got gifts all over the place making fun of Tennessee football. And Josh Heifel comes in, meets with the players, and says, hey, if you give us a shot, you might like it. You're going to like the culture that we're going to bring in here. 34 players leave, the others stay, and those that stayed became great. And that's because of Josh Heifel and his coaching staff. Um, this is kind of a two-year cumulative thing, I believe, for Heifel, who was co-national first-year coach of the year last season. But to get SEC Coach of the Year, I'm with you, Hutton. I, I don't think it's a very close second. Now, some consideration for Kirby Smart, who followed sure. up an actual yeah. championship with an undefeated season. Great job by him. We all know how great Kirby Smart is. Um, some props also to Shane Beamer, who followed up being co-first-year Coach of the Year nationally with Josh Heupel with an 8-4 and four season, including the big win over Tennessee. But this is Josh Heupel's award, so the AP got it right with SEC Coach of the Year. Uh, and Hendon Hooker, offensively, I, I believe they got it right also. Look, Hendon Hooker accounted for 3,565 total yards and 33 touchdowns in only 11 games. And keep this in mind when we're talking about him statistically. He didn't get that opportunity to pad his stats against Vanderbilt. Joe Milton beat Vanderbilt 56 to nothing. Hendon Hooker would have been up 42 nothing at halftime against Vanderbilt in that game. It was 21 nothing at halftime only because the passes that Hendon Hooker routinely completed throughout the season were not on target from Joe Milton. So you can add probably five or six touchdowns to that total and another 400 yards, putting him at almost 4,000 or right around there on the season had he not torn his ACL in the fourth quarter of that South Carolina game. I know of two Heisman voters specifically that put Hendon Hooker at least in their top three. I know one guy who voted him as his Heisman winner. And not seeing Hendon Hooker's name as a fifth, a fourth or a fifth, was a head-scratcher for me. And I know it was for you, too, and for, for Vols fans, and honestly, probably for anyone that enjoys college football, that watches college football. I don't think he would win it if he's there. It's It, it upset me, Hutton, for a, a number of reasons. and It actually bothered me worse than I expected when I saw the news. And I think part of it was when I saw there were four players, I'm thinking, well, Hendon Hooker's got to be one of the four. Yeah, I didn't expect Hendon Hooker to win it. I've said for, for a while, he, he's he got to just at least be in New York. Yeah. To be honored. Yeah. And the, the, the award is for most outstanding player in college football. And, and this is my beef with the Heisman. Everything with the Heisman consistently. Um, look, if you're a Tennessee fan, you, you hate this award right now. There's no other way around it. Peyton Manning got robbed. I will continue to say it over and over again. Stetson Bennett is in New York because of his career. Not necessarily because of this season. And I'm fine with that, okay? Stetson Bennett is a great story. From walk-on to national champion to about to be a second national champion. But let me ask you this about Stetson Bennett. If he were injured before this season and someone on that roster with more talent was the starting quarterback, are we really questioning Georgia's offensive production? I'm not saying they would have been as excellent in every game, but they're probably still undefeated. And they're still putting up a lot of yards on the ground. And that quarterback is doing just fine. Take Hendon Hooker out of this Tennessee offense this year. I'm very confident saying they're not going 10-2 and two with Joe Milton or anyone else at quarterback. Yeah, He was the most outstanding player, one of the two or three in college football, because of what he meant to this Tennessee program and how he elevated this program. And I don't want to make this necessarily about Hendon Hooker versus Stetson Bennett, but that part of it bothers me. Peyton Manning deserved the Heisman Trophy in 1997 because of his season, but also because of his career. And I think he was sort of the Stetson Bennett type representative in that in that year. 
And instead, they gave it to the only defensive player in history of college football to win the award. And that brings me to my other point. If this is just going to be the best quarterback award, which it's becoming, there's been three wide receivers to win it. It's a, it's quarterback or running back, historically, that's going to win this award. I, I can't poke holes in a lot of the finalists, but what I can tell you, Hutton, if we are looking at the most outstanding player in college football, and you see that Hendon Hooker led the best offense in football at Tennessee, a team that was not in the preseason top 25, when these other teams, outside of maybe TCU, who's a huge overachiever, they were all picked to do great things this season. And he got them to the top offense in America and had those numbers and did not get to play. With most of these guys, they played two less games because he wasn't in a conference championship. And oh, by the way, for those who say, well, win your division. Well, those other conferences that don't have divisions, if Hendon Hooker was healthy, Tennessee would have played Georgia in the SEC championship because they finished second in the SEC this year. They were robbed by their division this year. And here's the other part about it. Caleb Williams is going to write F whoever the opponent is on his fingernails, and he's going to LOL at a guy who's seriously injured, who's crying after a game, and Max Duggan. And meanwhile, Hendon Hooker is a published Christian children's author, and he's not going to New York, and Caleb Williams is. That sits wrong with me. And I know the voters aren't looking at that, but I'm looking at that. And I feel awful for Hendon Hooker because he deserved better. And it's a soapbox topic for us that we can get to later in the power hour, which, by the way, continues through football season. We have plenty of time to talk balls. But this is also indicative and it tells everyone that the voters really don't watch college football. Of all the years, to not include a defensive player or a position player other than quarterback, it is groupthink. Everyone hops on whatever everyone else is doing, and they can't watch football for themselves and decipher who the best player is in the nation. This is an example of that. When you have a situation like this, even though Hooker's not there, and it's not just about him, um, you just go to the groupthink, which is C.J. Stroud was the was the favorite prior to that. When did C.J. Stroud play well? What schedule did he have? In the biggest games, he folded. The game, he folded. Um, Stetson Bennett at least performed well when he's on the marquee platform against Oregon and Tennessee this year and was great. Um, yeah. Yeah. What I, was CJ Stroud's Heisman moment? That, that's a that's a great point. Yeah, he doesn't have one. His, Alabama. His Heisman moment was in the preseason whenever he was with the favorite to win it, and I, and that, that and that's the groupthink aspect of it. Where if Hooker doesn't get hurt, he's winning this award this year, and because he's not, oh, everyone all of a sudden's paying attention to the Pac-12 and Caleb Williams because it's time for USC to play UCLA. That that was just a couple of weeks ago. Uh, no one watched Max Duggan. We watched. We, everyone knows the story because of what he did in the Big Twelve Championship game, but no one really knew how TCU was winning games. They predicted they would lose. Um, there's a difference there. Stetson Bennett to me isn't even really the big argument because Bennett on the biggest stage balls out. There's no denying that, and those that that leaves an impact. There are other players that were there preseason. Bennett wasn't one of those guys. Other guys that are there preseason that don't. They don't play big in the big moments, including Caleb Williams, including his coach. And it's the opposite in Knoxville. That, that's what I don't get. If uh, if Will Anderson – where's Will Anderson, by the way? Yeah. All years not to win it. Will Anderson, this was his year. And he's – I haven't mentioned his name all year. He's the defensive Crazy. player of the year by the AP and the SEC. We can, yeah. we can tell you that. Hutton, this is what I love about this show. I've got about four more topics that yeah. we can get to in the coming weeks because we needed to get on this Hendon Hooker yep. and the Heisman Trophy soapbox today. So this was important for this week's Tennessee Power Hour. But we got a lot more to get to over the coming oh. week. Just because the regular season's over doesn't mean there's not Vols football to talk about. And the regular season is not over for the Tennessee Titans, but it kind of feels like we know how it's going to end. That's next on the Tennessee Power Hour. We're powered by Outkick and served up by Nelson's Greenbrier Tennessee Whiskey. From Knoxville to Nashville. Titans news and analysis on the Tennessee Power Hour. Cheers, huh? Cheers, Withrow. And cheers to brothers Andy and Charlie Nelson. After a chance encounter, they dedicated their lives to resurrecting the family business, Nelson's Greenbrier Distillery. And what they found is that whiskey runs in their blood. Made in Nashville, Tennessee, Greenbrier Tennessee whiskey is a taste of home with a real Nashville story. Head to GreenbrierDistillery.com for cocktail recipes and more info. Greenbrier Tennessee Whiskey and Nelson Brothers Bourbon now available throughout the great state of Tennessee. So ask for it at your favorite store. 
Get you some Greenbrier. Nelson's Greenbrier reminds you to drink responsibly. Greenbrier Tennessee Whiskey, 45.5% alcohol by volume. Don't pay too much for your new Ford. Custom order it from Two Rivers Ford just outside Nashville. Two Rivers Ford is the premier volume Ford dealer in Tennessee. They've been locally owned since 1983, and they sell all their new non-specialty Fords at just 1% over invoice. That's right, 1% over invoice. They treat you right, and you'll always get the best price. I know because my family has been buying from them for years. So call Two Rivers Ford today at toll-free 800-900-1000. Hello, Tennessee Power Hour listeners. My name is Hunter Briley, and I am with Regal Realty Group. And my name is Richard Van Clive. I'm also with Regal Realty Group. And we are great friends that treat our clients like great friends, because that's how we want to be treated. We are also born and raised here in Middle Tennessee and support our local team. And with an economy that's affecting everything except the real estate market, it's important to do business with friends that can tell you what's what. From contract to closing, everything in between, we have you covered. Go to RegalRG.com to get started. And happy football season. Hey, it's Hutton. Get prepared for your next tailgate with my friends at Edley's Barbecue. You've got options. Wings in 25 or 50 count platters, smoked pulled pork, the best brisket, tender turkey, and scratch-made sides family style. Edley's is perfect on game day or for take-home. Edley's Barbecue smokes all meats low and slow, and all sides are classic family recipes, fresh every day. Edley's is a tribute to all things Southern and authentic to all things Tennessee. Nashville-style barbecue. Edley's Barbecue. Order at edleysbbq.com. This is the Tennessee Power Hour with Jonathan Hutton and Chad Withrow. We are back on the Tennessee Power Hour, served up by Nelson's Greenbrier Tennessee Whiskey and powered by Outkick and Outkick.com. Nelson's Greenbrier Tennessee Whiskey. Enjoy responsibly, 45.5% alcohol by volume. It's time to talk some Titans. There have been better weeks to talk about the Titans. We're going to talk about them nonetheless coming off that 35-10 to 10 shellacking, which honestly didn't even feel that close up in Philly. And every time we talk about the Titans, we're talking Two Rivers Ford. Don't pay too much for your new Ford. Custom order it from Two Rivers Ford just outside of Nashville. Also, they now have inventory in stock at Two Rivers Ford. In Mount Juliet, you can go check out F-150s, Explorers, Escapes, Edges at the lot in Mount Juliet. They've been locally owned since 1983. They sell all their new non-specialty fours at just 1% over invoice. 1% over invoice. They treat you right. You'll always get the best prices. I know because my family's been buying from them for years. Call Two Rivers Ford today at toll-free 800-900-1000. That's 800-900-1000. I'm Chad Withrow. Jonathan Hutton is here. Hutton, this Titans team, it appears they're at a crossroads right now. Uh, you've got their head coach, Mike Vrabel, admitting uh, admitting this because these last two weeks just simply aren't good enough for this team. No, and I, I think Vrabel's admitting that to the media. Number one, I don't think he I don't think he messes around with some of his answers. I appreciate that. Sometimes yes. he doesn't really care to answer the question, but he's not going to just sugarcoat things either way. Uh, but I think he's saying it in this case, Chad, because the players in the locker room already know it, and he vocalized it right after the loss in Philly to the players before he even said anything at the podium. And they're at a crossroads because right now they don't measure up against the top teams in the NFL right now. Their five losses, the Giants, Bills, Chiefs, Bengals, and Eagles, are teams that they could face playoff caliber-wise in, in the postseason in January. And against other playoff caliber opponents, they've lost. Against the other bad to, to fringe teams, they've won. And they usually get off the bus knowing that they're going to win a fist fight. And it comes down to if they protect the football and play their style. But that's not good enough with the current makeup of this team. The offensive and defensive lines have not met the bar that's been set by the philosophy for which this team is built. Some of that's injury-wise. Some of that's personnel. All of it's on uh, from the top down, the from from the general manager to the players here. There's, there's issues to point to. Um, what has held this team together, though, in past years – whether it be injuries or distractions or whatever, has been the fact that they do not point fingers. They do not individually point out people that are having issues. We'll get to Dennis Daly later. And they tend to rally together rather than be the uh, opposite attraction for a magnet, right? The reverse, where things start to splinter and split. And you have a situation where, you know, like in LA this year, Jalen Ramsey's calling out the offense 
or you have an offense that's calling out the defense for giving up big plays. They don't have just one big issue. And I, I did point out the, the fronts. That's part of the bigger problem, though, that every dude in the locker room, I think, is aware of. But those, to me, that's where the issues start with this team. That's the crossroads point. It starts in the trenches because that's the identity of this team. And you watch this Titans team, Hud, in years past, it's been a team that they'll show up under Mike Vrabel and surprise you and beat some teams you don't think they should beat. And that gives you that hope and optimism that, okay, this is a team that in the biggest moments, they rise to the occasion and they can beat great teams. We saw it with the Chiefs. We saw it with the Bills a year ago, just to name a couple. This team, though, doesn't – it's not that, right? It's Good teams can go out and beat bad teams, but then they're really not going to have much of a chance against the great teams in the league. That feels more like this Titans team right now. How do you separate good from great in the NFL, and where does this Titans team fall? Well, to me, this year especially, I think the great teams – and there's only a handful of them, but honestly, the Titans are a division leader that should be included in this – the good teams can win games in this league every week. The great teams can win games with like a B minus day. I think Philly had one, quite honestly. Look at the, they had the best offensive line in football, all those penalties, all those false starts. And they only ran the ball for like 70 yards. And they went out and, and boat raced the Titans on what I would call a, a B minus day overall for what Philly's capable of doing throughout their entire game. And it, it was a great game by them, don't get me wrong. But the Titans can't do that. The Titans aren't great enough um, or good enough to win with a C-plus effort. And Sunday was very much that. The Titans' offense, they scored twice early, 71-yard drive, a 69-yard drive, and then they went three and outs and negative drives the rest of the game. They counterpunched early. They had two good drives. Um, but then a, a penalty ended one drive with, with three instead of seven. And that was really the signal that it was over after that. They got punched in the mouth, and the offensive line was completely overwhelmed. Chad, they gained one first down on the five possessions after the score was 14-10. to 10. The Titans had 117 yards on first down, but just 74 yards on second and third down, four of 14 on third down. That's a C-plus effort, and the Titans are not good enough to win against the top teams doing that. Not many teams are. But many, there are a handful of teams that can adjust and withstand the storm. And the Titans this year are not one of them. They have to play their style, and that's what we've pointed to all year. It is a very specific game plan and mentality that they have to take in, and it starts with just playing smart football. Right now, they're not. And that is not a staple of Titans football. No. And coming up in the next segment, we're going to talk about what is Titans football, what is Mike Vrabel football, and in the last five games, how do the Titans get back to that? That's that's coming up a little bit later in the Tennessee Power Hour. We will pivot and move forward with this Titans team and talk about what they can accomplish over the next five games. Looking at this offense, though, right now, Hutton, what, what is the biggest issue of all the issues with this Titans offense? Let's highlight the biggest issue right now. To me, it's the fact that they have no identity. The last two weeks, they have been bullied at the point of attack. Good teams are beating them at their own game. And also keep this in mind. There's a lot of discussion about Henry, and he has not been good. But through week nine, Derrick Henry led the NFL in rushing yards through week nine. And now in week 13, they cannot run week in, week out, knowing that they're going to show up with their identity, which is the run game offensively. Since the start of week 10, he is 21st in the NFL in rushing. Again, he led the league. Weeks one through nine combined. And since week 10 to now, he's 21st in the NFL and more players are going to pass him. The, the The Titans have actually found a lot of success on first down. And then they've withered because of penalties, because of negative plays, because of fumbles, uh, because anything. I mean, just point to all the issues there. But they, they have nothing consistent with Henry, who's a non-factor right now. The good news is, if you want to try to find a silver lining, is when we do the math in the division, which I'm not great at. That's why I'm doing a podcast and not teaching a math course. We chose Uh, correctly. Yes. 11 carries for 30 yards against the Eagles. 17 carries for 38 yards against the Bengals. The good news is the the carry total is low. So it's not like he's a volume back and all of a sudden he's got 60 carries over the last two weeks and, and the numbers are really bad. But the numbers are really bad. 68 yards in two games combined 
We have to go back to week six and seven of the 2018 season for the last time he gained less than 40 yards in consecutive games. Again, the Titans show up and they run the football until right now. And and that's the biggest issue to me is their identity is not showing up week to week against the top defenses. They've been sh- the opponent shut that down, and then there's no counterpunch. And he's about to get a game, Derrick Henry. I'm talking about against the Jacksonville Chad, team. He's beasted on 85 carries for 236 yards since halftime of the KC matchup. That is four and a half games. It's not an outlier. That's a trend for how bad this offensive line has fallen off. And again, that, since the start of week 10, he's 21st in the league. That's not just Derrick Henry's issue. They are really bad right now on the O-line. And the hope is that the perfect medicine is Jacksonville, a Could team be. that he's feasted on for Derrick Henry. Yeah. Um, defensively, Hutton, is this team losing their defensive identity? I think so, yeah. A little mojo. Their their identity, again, is is in the trenches. That's where it starts, whether you want to point to the run game or the pass game and affecting the quarterback. But against the Bengals, Samaji Pirine ran all over this defense. And while they stopped the Eagles' run game, Philly tossed it around the yard because they were not the Titans were not affecting the passer. The Titans allowed just four receivers total last year to surpass 100 yards receiving in a game. And this past week, two of them did. I mean, in, in the combined, Devontae Smith and, and A.J. Brown went for like 150 yards in the first half. And Philadelphia became the first team with two 100-yard pass catchers in the same game since the Titans played Philly back in 2018. And for a defense that gets stops on the regular basis, it was shocking to see the the way that they could not stop Philly at any point during this game. Second most points of the season. They allowed the most yards of the season. Uh, The Titans tied the game 7-7, then gave up touchdown drives of three of their next five possessions. One was at the end of the half. And the biggest concern is the vertical passing game which is unlike we've seen all season. Burrow hit four big passes last week or two weeks ago, and then we saw five big pass plays against the the Eagles. And so that's nine big big yardage chunk plays in the past two weeks. That's not good for a team that's trying to get after the passer and help its secondary. Not going to cut it, but where can the Titans improve? Five games left in this regular season, likely in the playoffs. We'll discuss. We'll pivot forward when we come back. This is the Tennessee Power Hour, served up by Nelson's Greenbrier Tennessee Whiskey and powered by OutKick. The Tennessee Power Hour. Get Jonathan Hutton's breakdown of this week's Titans matchup next. Cheers, Hutt. Cheers, Withrow. And cheers to brothers Andy and Charlie Nelson. After a chance encounter, they dedicated their lives to resurrecting the family business, Nelson's Greenbrier Distillery. And what they found is that whiskey runs in their blood. Made in Nashville, Tennessee, Greenbrier Tennessee whiskey is a taste of home with a real Nashville story. Head to GreenbrierDistillery.com for cocktail recipes and more info. Greenbrier Tennessee Whiskey and Nelson Brothers Bourbon now available throughout the great state of Tennessee. So ask for it at your favorite store. Get you some Greenbrier. Nelson's Greenbrier reminds you to drink responsibly. Greenbrier Tennessee Whiskey, 45.5% alcohol by volume. Don't pay too much for your new Ford. Custom order it from Two Rivers Ford just outside Nashville. Two Rivers Ford is the premier volume Ford dealer in Tennessee. They've been locally owned since 1983, and they sell all their new non-specialty Fords at just 1% over invoice. That's right, 1% over invoice. They treat you right, and you'll always get the best price. I know because my family has been buying from them for years. So call Two Rivers Ford today at toll-free 800-900-1000. Hey, it's Hutton. Get prepared for your next tailgate with my friends at Edley's Barbecue. You've got options, wings in 25 or 50 count platters, smoked pulled pork, the best brisket, tender turkey, and scratch-made sides family style. Edley's is perfect on game day or for take-home. Edley's Barbecue smokes all meats low and slow, and all sides are classic family recipes, fresh every day. Edley's is a tribute to all things Southern and authentic to all things Tennessee. Nashville style barbecue, Edley's barbecue. Order at edleysbbq.com. Hello, Tennessee Power Hour listeners. My name is Hunter Briley, and I am with Regal Realty Group. And my name is Richard Van Clive. I'm also with Regal Realty Group. And we are great friends that treat our clients like great friends, because that's how we want to be treated. We are also born and raised here in Middle Tennessee and support our local team. And with an economy that's affecting everything except the real estate market, it's important to do business with friends that can tell you what's what. From contract to closing, everything in between, we have you covered. Go to RegalRG.com to get started. And happy football season.
is the Tennessee Power Hour with Jonathan Hutton and Chad Withrow. We're back. Tennessee Power Hour served up by Nelson's Greenbrier Tennessee Whiskey. Enjoy responsibly 45.5% alcohol by volume and powered by OutKick. Hutton, you mentioned earlier about cheersing during that Tennessee Ball State game, some Nelson's Greenbrier Tennessee Whiskey. When I think about the taste of that Tennessee whiskey, every single time I get a little bit hungry. And when I get hungry, I automatically think about Edley's Barbecue. Edley's Barbecue is legit. Let's just start there. Meat smoked low and slow, made from scratch, side dishes. The best brisket you'll taste. Nashville-style barbecue is Edley's Barbecue, and it's across the great state of Tennessee. We've got plenty of locations right here in the mid-state, Sylvan Park, East Nashville, 12 South, Donaldson, Nolensville, and of course, Chattanooga, where we were this past week for the TLSAA Blue Cross Bowl. Went by and had some delicious barbecue with Edley's Barbecue, they use the highest quality meats. They smoke their meats in-house daily. They are great for catering the holiday parties. If you're looking for your party, big or small, they've got you covered at Edley's Barbecue. Just contact catering at edleysbbq.com. That's what you email, catering at edleysbbq.com to place an order for that uh, next big catering opportunity. Delivery options available as well. edleysbbq.com for more info. So even after the last two losses, lose at home to Cincinnati for the Titans, lose on the road in Philadelphia, two really good teams, two teams that could very well win the Super Bowl this year when you look at both of them. All is not lost for this Titans team. It is trending in the wrong direction. There is no way around it. In the last segment, we talked about some of the facets that's headed in the wrong direction, namely the rushing attack with Derrick Henry for the Titans. But Hutton, as we start to pivot forward and look at this team, Let's define what is Titans football and how this team can realistically get back to playing Titans football. So I want to start with this before we get into the ways that you have for us that they can get back to being themselves. What are the Titans? What's the goal? What what do they want to accomplish? What is the identity of this Titans team? I mean, they should be a Super Bowl contender right now with the construction of the roster, the draft picks utilized. Um, and how they've built themselves over the last several years. They're not. They're not that. They need to be a team that can go in and win a win a game wildcard weekend at Nissan Stadium and not bow out for the third consecutive year against a a non-division winner in the AFC. That so that that's who they should be and what the goal should be over the final five games is to peak at the right time. The top teams are going to play the best football right now. And that's what Mike Vrabel is insinuating when he mentions crossroads for the locker room. It's not a mentality where he thinks a lot of people are going to abandon ship, and that's the crossroads. The crossroads is he knows his team is not playing like a playoff caliber team currently, and those teams are playing well typically this time of year. This is when you turn it on. And it starts with their health. Let's mention that right off the top. Traylon Burks. Concussion protocol. We need to give him a shout out for that catch. I still don't know how he hung on to the football. Incredible. He was KO'd. He was KO'd. Um, but they they need him back. He he's the one guy that can separate in this offense at wide receiver and make those big moment catches. Danico Autry, Jeffrey Simmons playing on a bad ankle, and Danico Autry brings a physical tone on the interior and not just against the run. He affects the passer as well that they do not have without him. They are far worse without Danico Autry available. They need him back, and I think he can be back soon. And the other imperative part here is they have to protect Ryan Tannehill from injury. Some of that is just, you know, the, the football gods will will play a factor. Um, others, the offensive line is going to play a factor. And he is going to – right now he's getting battered, knocked around, and we know what this team looked like without him. That that's also an imperative part of this over the course of the next five weeks going into the playoffs. And Chad, I think that starts with Dennis Daly. I don't know how they continue to play him at left tackle. He's that bad. And I think they're doing this locker room a disservice, the starters a disservice, by playing him at left tackle while continuing to preach that it's not just about one guy. Well, until they make a change, they're affecting all 11, the 10 other guys on the offense, because Dennis Daly is awful. And it's not, you know, it's not his fault that they don't have someone better than him. That's John Robinson's problem. But Dennis Daly's got to sit. He's not a starting left tackle, and he's putting this team at a big disadvantage every snap. That's how bad he is. And let's also look at two other things real quick. Chigaconquo. 
He's got to play more. His snap count is way too low. Why he's getting not he's not getting more snaps is beyond me. Rookies against the Eagles accounted for 93 of the team's 157 passing yards. And without Traylon Burks, Chickaconquo is the guy that deserves more touches and more snaps. Not any of these guys at wide receiver. I'd take snaps away from Robert Woods and give them to Chickaconquo somehow. Where is he? Milk Carton Woods. He's better than this. They acquired him to be a number two option. And it's time, specifically over these next five games, that he show up and actually be peaking and actually producing for this offense going into January. One catch for six yards against the Philadelphia Eagles. He has 11 catches total in his last five games. And he's part of the issue for why Tannehill's numbers have dropped in this past game compared to what they did. Tannehill threw for nearly 300 yards against Cincy. He threw for like 335 yards against Green Bay. He threw for 250-plus yards against Denver and a whopping 141 against the Eagles' defense. Completions, and those included completions of 41 and 25 yards. And he threw for 141 yards, roughly half of his yards on two plays. And it's through their rookies, not through their vets. They've got to figure out how to get the the guys who they, they thought they could count on back in August. They've got to figure out a way to make sure. And it's not all in the coaches. Some of this is on Woods. Some of this is on Hooper, who I think is flourishing a bit now. We're starting to see flashes. Chad, they've got to have their vets actually step up and make some plays for this offense without their 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 star receiver. I'm putting that in quotes. Traylon Burks, who we 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 think he is, but he needs to get on the field. And it goes without saying, Derrick Henry's got to be the man. Th- those are those are some of the aspects here that they'll lean on, and and that all leads to this: the formula. Special teams has to be on point. No inconsistencies. The, the, the formula for the Titans, don't turn it over, run the football, be the imposer in the trenches. Impose your will in the trenches. To do that, watch the penalties. Tannehill needs to spread it around in the passing game, and Derrick Henry needs to be king. They have to be playing their best football late in the year. And right now, they're not playing like a playoff team against playoff caliber opponents. The backstretch here, though, Chad, is not playoff caliber opponents. And that's why I'm saying you can work on these things. Not all is lost. And it's not like you can't replace all of this during the season. You can't go find better players, but you can do things that affect this. And some of this is just self-inflicted problems. And to me, the the remorseful part of all this, if you're looking at the Titans, and you laid out a lot there with the, the issues and what needs to change and what needs to happen, is at the end of this season, the Titans could just sort of defend things by saying, well, you know, one another division, is that really all that bad? Right. You know, look, look around the league. It, it's a lot worse other places. And while that's true, I believe that in a year or two, when things eventually, when you really pay the piper for swinging and missing on Isaiah Wilson and swinging and missing on Caleb Farley and other personnel issues that have not worked out, you put yourself behind the eight ball. Eventually, you've got to pay the price for that. And when this team takes a huge step back and Ryan Tannehill isn't the quarterback, and this team is, you know, four and thirteen. Titans fans are then going to have to come to the realization that, boy, that window where Derrick Henry was great, where AJ Brown was on the team, where Ryan Tannehill was playing at an All Pro level, the best the Titans got out of it was probably a one year too early trip to the AFC Championship game in Kansas City, and that's what I don't want to see for this franchise. But that's where it's really going to sink in. Right now, it's well, it's another season, another playoff trip. They're going to win the division again. Oh, well, all is not lost. But when that happens, uh, that's going to be where things really start to settle in. But Hutton, you you nailed it. The reality of it is they got five games left. Three of those games are against the Jags and the Texans yeah. coming up. And that starts this Sunday. We've got 90 seconds left here. Titans only a three-and-a-half-point favorite at home against Jacksonville. What do you make of that line, and what do you think about this game? I, I, it tells me – Vegas has the same confidence in this offense that that I do. You know, they're, they're going to struggle to put up 21 to 24 points on any team because they're that inept during phases of games. They start fast, and then they fall off a cliff. Um, and it also says, and I'm more confident in the fact that Derrick Henry will get his against the Jags, just like I was whenever they played the Texans. But it says that Vegas isn't really that impressed by what we're seeing in the run game. And Maybe maybe they'll actually be right this time. The Titans will win this game. They they beat Jacksonville, but I don't think I don't think it's some blowout. I think the line's pretty difficult to to pick. I think it's a, a fourth quarter game where 
uh, Trevor Lawrence is the guy who either makes a play or does not. And I'd rather bet on the fact that the Titans defense will stop him. I'm with you, Hutton. I think it comes right down to the wire. And uh, I'm going with a mantra. This team's not going to score more than 24 in most games. That's been the case in all but one. I think Titans went at 21 to 17. They yeah, covered that right. three and a half points by a half point in this game at home. Fun show this week. Hopefully we got a Titans win to talk about next week. We'll continue breaking down Tennessee's offseason, recruiting, transfer portal talk. We'll continue to preview Tennessee versus Clemson in the Orange Bowl. That's all coming up in future weeks. We're having a blast with this podcast, and we will be back. For Jonathan Hutton, I'm Chad Withrow. This is Tennessee Power Hour, served up by Nelson's Greenbrier Tennessee Whiskey and powered by Outkick. Cheers, Hunt. Cheers, Withrow. And cheers to brothers Andy and Charlie Nelson. After a chance encounter, they dedicated their lives to resurrecting the family business, Nelson's Greenbrier Distillery. And what they found is that whiskey runs in their blood. Made in Nashville, Tennessee, Greenbrier Tennessee whiskey is a taste of home with a real Nashville story. Head to GreenbrierDistillery.com for cocktail recipes and more info. Greenbrier Tennessee whiskey and Nelson Brothers bourbon now available throughout the great state of Tennessee. So ask for it at your favorite store. Get you some Greenbrier. Nelson's Greenbrier reminds you to drink responsibly. Greenbrier Tennessee Whiskey, 45.5% alcohol by volume. Don't pay too much for your new Ford. Custom order it from Two Rivers Ford just outside Nashville. Two Rivers Ford is the premier volume Ford dealer in Tennessee. They've been locally owned since 1983, and they sell all their new non-specialty Fords at just 1% over invoice. That's right, 1% over invoice. They treat you right, and you'll always get the best price. I know because my family has been buying from them for years. So call Two Rivers Ford today at toll-free 800-900-1000. Hey, it's Hutton. If you're in need of catering from big events to your weekend family gathering, my friends at Edley's Barbecue have you covered. They've been voted Nashville's best barbecue four years in a row, but I vouch for their Nashville-style barbecue far longer. From corporate meetings to box lunches to weddings, rehearsal dinners, and holiday gatherings, your neighborhood Edley's Barbecue location is where to turn. Edley's is a tribute to all things Southern and authentic to all things Tennessee. Nashville-style barbecue, Edley's Barbecue. Order at edleysbbq.com.